Hi, I'm Macy. And I'm Meredith. And we're the founders of She Hustles, a brand built for women. We're here to create a community of like-minded women and provide a platform where you can get real advice as you work your hustle. Welcome to the She Hustles podcast. Let's get started. For those of you who were not at our most recent event, Kristen Burke was our guest speaker. She is an awesome goal achievement coach from Los Angeles, and Meredith and I had the opportunity to spend a week with her and learn from her. We are so excited to have her as our guest today. Welcome, Kristen. How are you doing? Macy, I am fabulous. Thank you for asking. Oh, so good. Okay, so let's jump into the first question. Are you ready? I'm ready. Ready. Hi, my name is Amy, and the question I have is, is it okay to change a goal after it's already been set? Thanks so much. Bye. Awesome, Amy. Thank you so much for leaving that question. So, Kristen, is it okay to change a goal once you've set it? Amy, that is a fantastic question, and I want to understand a little bit more about why you are thinking if you should change your goal. So, one— Are you asking if you should change your goal because it's gotten really difficult to achieve or if you feel like you are behind? In that case, you should probably think about different strategies or different tactics to achieve your goal rather than scrapping the goal and not moving forward. So we really grow through a lot of that discomfort. So in that that situation, you might need to adjust your time frame for the goal or you might need to check in on your expectations. But if you're looking to change it because it's gotten hard, good. You're growing, <laughs> right? <laughs> Now, if you're thinking about changing a goal because it no longer serves you, so maybe you're not passionate about that goal anymore, or maybe you've gotten clarity on a new vision, a new direction that you want to go, in that case, I think it's absolutely okay to reset a goal. The goal achievement process shouldn't be miserable. You should be excited. (laughs) You should have a lot of clarity. So if you're no longer passionate, reset it. If it got hard or you're off track, rethink your strategies. So I think that's that's so interesting because you helped me many years ago when we were working together. And two things come to mind that, you know, I was so rigid about goal setting (laughs) that I was like, (laughs) it's on the list. It is getting done (laughs) if it is going to kill me. And one was super simple. It was I was trying to read you know, a certain number of books in the year. And I was picking up just so many different interesting ones. And some of the books I was reading were just painful. Like I had gotten them for 10 cents at the library. I thought they'd be great. And I'm like, well, shoot, I've got to finish it because I committed to this book. And I think you told me, I don't even know if you remember, you were like, look, give it like 60 pages. I thought you told me that. No, I swear I got that from you. And it was like total freedom because I'm sitting here struggling against something. And in my mind, it's like, I have to finish this. But you're right. Like you wasn't passionate. I wasn't getting anything out of it. And it's so simple, but sometimes we can get so locked into, we have to, we have to, we have to. And the other thing that you really helped me with was many years ago, I wanted to do, to take the LSAT. And as I really looked at the opportunities, it wasn't the career path I wanted, but I still Mm -hmm. had that take test on the list. And I'm so thankful that, you know, I was able to work with you and and say, this isn't it anymore. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I remember those days, Meredith. It was, uh, that was 10 years ago, nine <laughs> oh years gosh. ago. We're terrible with time. We can't ever figure this out, right? And uh, that was before I even knew that this was going to be my journey. 
Mm-hmm. And my my calling mm-hmm. to serve people, but you're so spot on with books. I, I love having a reading goal. I, I've had a reading goal for the last couple of years, and there are so many good books out there uh, on the market. Life is too short to read a bad book. <laughs> you know, that's a concept in the four hour work week that I was reading. I think it's a book by Tim Ferriss, and he was talking about you know just where you could save time. And if the book isn't a good book, mm-hmm. then put it down. You're wasting time reading it if. It's it's not going to like capture you or give you that value. And then something that um, I thought was kind of interesting was last year was my first year in business. And I had to set out a goal to make six, fig- six figures. I wanted to make $100,000. And I did not achieve that goal. Um, this year, I am going to achieve that goal. But I'm so glad I didn't. I Just because... For one, I would have spent all the money because I didn't have the money making um, strategies Mm -hmm. or I didn't have the I didn't have my budget in line. It would have been all gone. Um, And two, I wasn't as confident. And Mm -hmm. so I think it's okay if you don't hit your goals because you learn through that process. And that's the key, right, is understanding why am I even thinking about changing this goal? Because how how silly that we are sticking to something as simple as a book. Or as big as a life goal when it it no longer serves the purpose. And yet how easy do we want to take it off if it's just getting hard? Correct. So really understanding like why am I changing directions? Why am I not hitting the goal? How often do you think somebody should evaluate a goal? Like quarterly? Oh, I love this (laughs) question. So are we talking here, Meredith, about a year long goal? Yeah, say an income goal or like you know, taking a different direction in a career? Like how often are you really making sure that it's the right goal? Good question. So I would recommend quarterly reviews. Okay. So really blocking time in your calendar every quarter towards the end of the quarter and going through a set of questions. What did I accomplish this quarter? Where did I fail this quarter? Mm -hmm. What did I learn this quarter? What is giving me energy? What is draining my energy? So that quarterly review process can be really impactful. Mm -hmm. But I would even then take it a step further and I would recommend you do a monthly check-in on all of your goal Mm -hmm. progress. So kind of last day of the month, you're going back to all the goals you set for the year and you're saying, okay, am I on track? Am I off track? Mm -hmm. Is this goal still serving me? Is it connected to my bigger vision? And then I do think you need to track your most important goal Mm -hmm. more frequently. So I'm always the kind of person, I like to set a lot of goals. Mm -hmm. I don't always hit all of them. But even though I set a lot of goals every year and I set them in different categories, family, professional, Mm -hmm. personal, health, fitness, uh, I set a lot of different goals, but then I always make sure that I identify one or two that's the most important. Mm -hmm. And that's the one that I track more Mm -hmm. rigorously. Awesome. Yeah, that's good. Are we ready for the second question? Let's do it. Awesome. Okay. Hey, guys. It's Cassie. And first of all, um, I'm actually just driving back from the event that you guys had. And Kristen, thank you so much for everything and just for your wisdom. And so I guess it inspired me to ask this question. So um, with a lot of the goals that I was hearing, it was a lot of tangible goals like starting a podcast you know, making a certain amount of revenue, um, building a website for myself. But um, I kind of had a question about setting more of like an abstract goal, like kind of being able to overcome anxiety or something like along those lines, not that you would overcome it, 
but just kind of setting that kind of goal and how do you go about tracking something like that? Because I feel like that kind of goal and, you know, reaching it this year for me would be huge. So um, thanks again for everything. And um, yeah, that's my question. Thank you so much for your vulnerability and for calling in with that question. Also, I'm so grateful you had a good time at last night's event and that it was an impactful event for you. So with this, if we were sitting down together in a one-on-one, I would be asking you a lot of additional follow-up questions. So some of the things that are floating through my mind right now are, are there certain events where you feel more anxious or certain times where you're feeling that anxiety come on, or is it a constant feeling of anxiety? I would think about, is this something, you know, I would ask you, why do you want to work on anxiety? Why is that important to you? I would also love to get some clarity from you on what does that actually mean? I know you you mentioned in your question, overcome anxiety, and then kind of pulled back and said, well, I guess you don't really overcome anxiety. So I'd want to just get some clarity on what you are looking to feel and, and what, you know, this, how this would... Um, what a win in this area would be, if that's even fair to say win mm-hmm. and anxiety in the same you know, sentence. <laughs> right. And I think that even though you call this a more abstract goal, there are still ways to build a plan that's a bit more tactical. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I start to think about is how often are you journaling to better understand yourself and what you're going through. So for the next 30 days, would keeping a journal where you're writing down moments where you're feeling anxious and what's Mm -hmm. triggering that anxiety and how you're feeling before, during, and after that anxiety, that would be incredible information Mm -hmm. that you can use to build a plan for working through anxiety or if need be, incredible information to take and collaborate with a licensed therapist or psychologist to really help you work through those anxious moments. Yeah. And I, um, I noticed after doing that, I, I've had a therapist for about a year now. Um, and I went with the goal of, of just trying to find what triggers my anxiety. Um, and then from there we, we are working on the deeper levels of where that anxiety comes from, whether it's my childhood and my family and, you know, the security issues that I have. Um, but then what I also realized through journaling and through talking with the therapist that there are certain things that, that help, um, keep it steady and keep it at bay. Um, I think everybody, you know, deals with anxiety. So Mm -hmm. you're not alone. It's not something that, um, you know, is it's not a death sentence, but I noticed that when I work out and when I take care of my body, that really helps my mind when Mm -hmm. I, it it makes me feel more confident and it gets the endorphins going. And I always have a good day when I work out. And so for me that I can tie to a tangible goal so that when I work out, I know one that gets me closer to my health goal, but two, it also helps me feel less anxious during the day. Yeah. And I think, I mean, gosh, we were talking about this at the event last night at my table. I mean, anxiety is something that it's not like I meet you for coffee and I'm like, well, how anxious are you today? And yeah, like (laughs) maybe we should start that conversation because we're all dealing with it. And Macy, I know, you know, you deal with it. 
um, on a different level that I deal with it. Mine, I just recently found out was triggered. Uh, my husband and I do a lot of dog rescue and fostering. And we had a dog in the house that was a bit more aggressive that we were fostering. And it just like anxiety off the charts. I didn't feel Aww. comfortable in my home. I didn't connect with my husband. I was just felt out of place in my life. And I couldn't understand it because, <clears throat> sorry, dealing with a cold, a little bit of scratchy throat, but I couldn't understand it because I didn't normally deal with it at that mm -hmm. level. And I really had to sit down and think like, what is causing this just dark cloud over me at this moment? And, you know, I have been around dogs my whole life, but I was attacked um, pretty violently as a child by a dog. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, does it go all the way back? You know, and I think that's what both of you are talking about is in order to fix, if you want to call it fix or improve, you have to know, like, how often is this happening? Mm -hmm. How often am I triggered by something specific or how often is it just every day I wake up? Like, what does improvement look like? Like for me, it was identifying the specific trigger, talking it through, you know, getting some help. And then uh, eventually that dog was not a good fit for our family. Right. So that foster dog had to go live in a, <laughs> a house with no other dogs. But just understanding that it's not a goal that is an on and off switch. It's a process, but it is so possible. I think the more we talk about it, the more we understand it, the more we journal it and track it to really make progress, whatever that looks like for you. And really, I just feel like we should be talking about it more because everybody is dealing with it. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. If I'm being honest, I had moments of anxiety yesterday leading up to the event. Sure. And, and I think a lot of that anxiety was from pressure I was putting on myself. Mm -hmm. I wanted to show up for the community and deliver very impactful content for the community. I cared deeply about the two of you. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to, to really make sure it was a fabulous event. And you know, I think that that's so important, Meredith, that you touched on. The more we talk about this, mm -hmm. the more we, quote, normalize right. anxiety. We realize that everyone is having moments or situations that are right. creating this anxiety. <clears throat> Absolutely. And there's a lot of tools for it. Like I was talking to someone a couple of weeks ago. And she was learning from her therapist that like a true panic attack, you know, a high level of anxiety at that moment, there are like easy ways to reground yourself that if you start using the other senses, like, okay, Meredith, I'm having a panic attack. You're talking to yourself and you're like, let me touch three different textures. Let me look for three different colors. Like you help your brain look at the other senses. And I am not a therapist. <laughs> we were just girls talking, but you know, there are ways that it, it helps your brain let that go in that moment. And it's like, I didn't know that. I had no idea. I would have totally been doing that at home when this dog was stressing me out. But, mm -hmm. you know, I I just think that um, we deal with it oftentimes silently or we think that like getting a therapist means some sort of weakness. And it's it's just such a detriment, I think, to ourselves to not normalize it, like you said, and say like, oh, what works for you? Okay, Macy, you're journaling. Okay. Mm -hmm. I was looking at trigger points. Okay. You know, you have a different way, Kristen, of um, working through it. So I just think that it's something that we really can make progress on just as much as I want to make six figures, but we have to be willing to ask the question. And so, you know, Kathy, I think that's awesome um, that you asked and that you called and appreciate it because it really is something that we can share. Are we moving on? 
Another, yeah. Okay, Macy's yeah. playing the third question. Okay. Hey guys, this is Shannon. And one of the things I often struggle with when I'm not having a killer month, so for example, it's January, we're halfway through the month and I'm off target for the month. How do I course correct and get back on the horse? What do I need to do um, around still making January a really great month? And how can I make up for that um, based on where we're at? Thanks for your help. Talk to you soon. Bye. Uh, Thank you, Shannon. And I just have to say, I had a couple people come up to me after the event and say, I needed this. It's it was January 16th. I'm already halfway through the month and I feel like I've gotten no progress. I felt the same way because I've been sick and it's like, oh, you come off the holidays and January is supposed to just like be the best thing ever. And it was just out of my hands. So I love this question. Kristen, what do you have? I think it's a really awesome question. And as I've coached a lot of different people, being off track can wreck your confidence. Mm -hmm. And I have seen so many people when they get off track, they start telling themselves stories Mm-hmm. more in negative stories, right? Of, of course. course, they're not the positive <laughs> <Yeah>. stories, <right? laughs> Of course. <laughs> but they're, they're the negative stories that are typically reinforcing the fears, like, haha, I told you, you'd never get this done. Right. And who were you a failure? It's January 16th. That's my story. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's, I think it's, first of all, it's very helpful, Shannon, that you're recognizing mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. And then I would connect it back to daily disciplines. And so Ooh, okay. there, there are a couple different tactics that individuals can use on a daily basis to stay connected to goals, but also to make sure that you are reaffirming the positive. Okay. So things like uh, Rachel Hollis's 10, 10, one, mm-hmm. I'm a big, big Rachel Hollis advocate. <laughs> so good. I can vouch for that one too. I started doing that after your suggestion. So yeah, it's so helpful. Yeah. yeah. Her her daily discipline is connected to a 10-year vision. So okay. again, that's, that's been a theme of our conversation today is just having that bigger picture vision because it's that bigger picture vision that will keep you connected and persevering through the difficult times. So if you're off track, connect to that bigger vision. And then what, what Rachel talks about is writing 10 dreams and one goal every day. Mm-hmm. And you write these dreams and the one goal as if they've already happened. Same goal every day, or are you picking one of the 10? So it's 10 dreams connected to the vision. Okay. And then it's one goal. And these are going to be my words. If you think like a domino okay. that starts to trigger and fall. And so the priority goal. Yeah. So okay. the one goal. And it and it doesn't have to be the biggest of biggest goals. It could be something simpler to get the ball moving. So to Shannon's point, it's like, what is the one thing that is going to help her hit her year and goals that she can start focusing on every day Mm -hmm. within her control? And so you write these 10 dreams and this one goal every day, every day, as if you've already achieved them. Mm -hmm. And it helps your mind think differently. So it helps you see different opportunities. It might help you pause when you start going down that shame spiral and talking Mm -hmm. to yourself and making up all those stories. Mm -hmm. So that would be really, really helpful. Another thing that I would look at is how often are you tracking this most meaningful goal? So Mm -hmm. is this something that you've known for the last 
15 days <laughs> that you were off track or is it, oh gosh, it's the middle of the month. I need to pick my head up mm-hmm. and take a look at where I'm at. I think the more often you track, the easier it is to pivot and to come up with new ideas, new solutions, new strategies. So you kind of talked about this at the event last night too. And I love that it's the bounce back plan, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. So I was talking about this um, with the woman at our table because you know, as a copywriter, I get a lot of new clients all the time and they're different and I'm always excited about the industries. And so I didn't even realize it was actually my husband that pointed out because oftentimes, you know, we'll go to dinner or we'll be at home and I'm like, oh, I've got to tell you about this new project. I've got to tell you about this new client. I'm Mm -hmm. so excited. And it had been, and this was a couple of months ago, but it had been like, I guess a week and a half, two weeks. So Jason says to me, like, are you okay? And I said, wait, what What do you mean? Am I okay? Of course I'm okay. He's like, well, listen, I've noticed that you haven't mentioned your clients, your projects, anything Aww. that you're excited about for like two weeks. He's like, you haven't read me anything because sometimes I force him to listen to copy Aww. before it goes out the door. And he's like, that's just not normal. What's mm-hmm. going on? And it was so interesting because I literally stopped and realized I'd had a bad like, you know, rejection or whatever at the beginning of that first week. And I just spiraled. Like yeah. I didn't connect with new clients for those mm-hmm. two weeks. I felt bad about what I was doing, even though I was, you know, still doing great quality work for my existing clients, but I just lost my energy completely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, he's like, well, I'm glad I asked <laughs> because I don't know how long I would have spiraled. Yeah. Uh, but if I had recognized, wow, that rejection hurt. Yeah. And I need to have my bounce back plan and take some action. Um, I don't. I don't think I would have wasted two weeks. You know. I mean, it just. It's really, really interesting how quickly one no, and even if you're in a sea of a hundred yeses, can make you feel like you're losing. So can you explain for the audience what the bounce back plan is? Yes. And this triggered something that I learned in yoga this year. Mm -hmm. And the concept is that we're always focusing on being positive and feeling the good feelings. (laughs) And the yoga instructor really encouraged us to feel all the feelings. Mm. So as as you were saying, gosh, that one no really hurt. Mm -hmm. I think an important thing is to let yourself feel that. Mm -hmm. Yes. Not for too, too ter- terribly long where mm. it can derail mm. you, but let yourself process the emotions. Feel them. What are you feeling? Why are you yeah. feeling that? Right. And then we can jump into that bounce back plan. And that bounce back plan connects back to knowing what are the things that make you feel really good okay. and that give you a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. Could be something like working out. That's typically my jam. That's what Mm -hmm. I go to. It could be something, again, journaling. That's been a big theme Mm -hmm. in our conversation today. It could be putting on your favorite song, Mm -hmm. but it's you engage in some sort of activity to shift your mind Mm -hmm. from that negativity that is just starting to consume you. Okay. And then after you complete that activity, take action that proves the negativity wrong. So do one thing. It doesn't have to be all 85 things on your to-do list for your business (laughs) that you feel behind on. But pick one thing to turn the tide and go the other direction. Okay, so just to be super practical, I hang up the phone, I'm feeling low, somebody said no. Yes. And I go, okay, that sucked. I hate that. Yes. And my bounce back plan is maybe a 15-minute walk outside, put on some great music, 
and come back and literally just, so it's recognizing, acknowledging, moving, and then coming back and taking action on something that you know is in your control that you can have a win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see. I love that because, and I, and the people at my table, we were talking and one of the women said she had had something happen at work and it was, you know, not a good experience. And she was like, I know I should have just let it roll off my back. And I, I kind of, just like you said, I'm so glad to hear you say that is, it doesn't just roll off your back. No, like it no. sucks. <laughs> well, and why do you feel like it just has to roll off your back? Right. Because yeah. we've been told that, like, get a thicker skin, do this, do that. And so we kind of had, a, you know, an interesting conversation of it is okay to say, like, this really kicked me down, right? That's okay. It's just don't get stuck there, which is Correct. what happened to me a few months ago. Yeah, it's even happened to me. And Krista and I were talking about this um, earlier this week. When I had said briefly in another podcast that I don't like lead calls. And so I'm in a service-based business. Right. And so in order to get clients before they invest in me, I like to jump on a phone call with mm-hmm. them and just review and see if we're a good fit. I say that to see if we're a good fit. And when they're not a good fit, I feel rejected. But on oh, this so one. Inter- did Kristen point this out after listening to the podcast? Yes. Yes, she did. She You're called, such a good coach, Christian. Be she careful called, what you yeah. tell me. I know. She called me out and said, I noticed that you put lead calls in your admin. Is that because like you don't like them? Like why and then she asked me, Why do you not like them? And I was like, mm, I just don't like talking to people. And she was like, Wait a second. Um, what about talking to your ideal client? Like, do you like doing that? And I was like, well, yeah, I love talking to my most recent client that I took on. She's awesome. Like we had, we talked for 45 minutes and she's like, well, did you have a bad call one time? <laughs> one time. I she was said. like, <laughs> emphasize how many times? One, one time. And, and I did, I had a call and I stumbled on an answer. Somebody had asked me, it was a valid question. And, and it got me. I was mm. like, and then I stumbled on the answer and I did not hear back from that person. And I was like, rightfully so. I deserved that. I screwed up that question. I screwed the answer. I wouldn't have trust in myself. Um, and so from then, I think I've just been like, I lost my confidence yes. in my calls. And, and those calls are everything. That's how I get more business. And so... I think the bounce back plan is so important because you asked me when that call was. And to be honest, I think it was like in March of last year. Wow. And so I put off those calls Mm -hmm. so long. Like, it's like, you know what? I need to do them within 24 hours. I need to do them within an hour that I get the request, Mm -hmm. to be honest. But I just put them off because I'm like. That's so interesting "Mm." because that's, you know, that was one of the big things you talked about last night. That it's kind of like anxiety. I don't care who it is. No matter how great they're doing, no matter how successful they appear, when you start talking to people, confidence is such an issue. Why do you think that is just such a big driver? Do you think that's specifically with women? I know you've worked with a lot of men and women. Like, is that something that really stalls us more often than not, do you think? Absolutely. And I have worked with a lot of women and I think confidence and uh, lack of confidence mm-hmm. or low uh, low perception of confidence can definitely hold women back more so than men but men also have a lack of confidence. Okay. And what's fascinating about this is it's it's um, really difficult for men to express that because they're mm. not supposed to show up mm. as not confident. Okay. So yeah. while we struggle sometimes with taking action because as women, we might not be as confident, they struggle with not being able to express Ooh, when they're not confident. Which is just as damaging. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But 
I think that, uh, you know, my opinion is confidence is, is belief in yourself and connecting back to those daily disciplines. Mm -hmm. That's where the writing of your 10 dreams Mm -hmm. and your one goal. And I would be remiss if I did not talk about the practice of gratitude, because I think gratitude not only helps you get clarity with your goals, but can help you build confidence. And so the practice of writing things that you're grateful for. And while we're just on this topic of journaling, if you're struggling with confidence and if you're constantly focusing on the one thing that went wrong, If you build a practice of writing down your daily or weekly wins, it can be a game changer. It was. You had me do that and I did it. Um, And it wasn't perfect, but I've done it about maybe I started three weeks ago and I've written about maybe 18 out of it. So again, it's not perfect, but it has helped me tremendously. Just knowing the things that make me feel confident. Um, the different trends in the things. And like one of the things is um, I got testimonials back one day Mm. and that's a great way to take action. If you get a, if you get a rejection and after your your bounce back plan includes going and asking for clients to Mm -hmm. give you a testimonial, that is so powerful because you can reread those testimonials and know that you are valuable. Mm -hmm. You are worthy and you do have the skills to do your job. Um, but the confidence journal, if I hadn't done that, I would not have noticed that, or I wouldn't have been like, okay, well, you know, let me just, you know, let me just let it slide off my back, you know, whatever that, that issue that happened. Mm -hmm. But that's what I think is uh, kind of interesting. And maybe hopefully those listening can take action because it sounds like, you know, this call that you had that sort of made you think that you hated lead calls, even though you really actually love your clients. And when you get on, you're so excited about it. And then, you know, my husband calling out like, what's wrong? You're not, you're not, you don't have the same energy around your projects right now. It seems like these things can, can actually take away our confidence, but we don't even identify it. We just carry it. Yeah. And so, you know, if if somebody hasn't called it out for you, but you've noticed that you're losing some energy or you're saying there are things that you don't like doing that maybe when you look at, you really do these journals, these practices, like they're really important because I don't know if somebody hadn't called it out for both of us yeah. that we would have even identified it. Yeah. And that's where we talked about this a little bit last night. The power of a community mm-hmm. can come into play yeah. mm-hmm. and a community like She Hustles, where you're connecting with like-minded, driven individuals, they can help you see things that you might have become blind to. Yeah. And I know in my own experiences, when I was having difficult times in my former corporate career or even last week, right? First <laughs> full week in my business, I feel that wave of negativity coming on. It's that community that I can connect back to Mm -hmm. listening to a podcast or Mm -hmm. calling a friend or having a conversation with a spouse, significant other that can help you say, okay, you're being really mean to yourself (laughs) and you're striving for perfection with let, let's be honest, none of us are perfect. No, it is. uh, We're never going to be perfect. And so if we can start to embrace progress over perfection, Mm -hmm. that can help as well. Kristen, I love it. You're so awesome. You have helped us. I know you've helped yeah. our community. And I think that it's really important that if you um, are listening and also want to talk with somebody who does this so well and has helped us that they can find you. So where can people connect with you? Where are you going to be sharing content? What's your email or web address? 
Oh, I'm so glad you asked because I have the most beautiful, beautiful website. (laughs) Yay, Macy. Thank you. Well, and and copyright content, Meredith, come on, give yourself some credit, own it. But my website is kristenburke.com. That's Kristen with two I's and there is an E on the end of Burke. And then my Instagram handle is meet Kristen Burke. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kristen. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions you want answered. And we mean any questions. Dial 407-477-5211 night or day and leave a message. Then listen to our podcast to hear it answered. Don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe. Until next time, keep up your hustle.